Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Cue the music, Jess. Hang on, hang on. Pause the podcast. So it was at this moment right now that I had to cut Sarah off and remind her that we definitely do not have the rights to play music on our podcast. And if she'd like a specific song included, well, she's going to need to sing it herself. Apologies about that, everyone. Now, let's hear that. On with the podcast. Ooh, sometimes the truth is harder than the pain inside. Do you know who it is? Yeah. I love that song. Do you? Oh, you know I love Erasure. It's like he's here, isn't it? Although probably slightly higher voice. What, him or you? Him. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, that is a flavour of things to come. But first... We need to do News Corner. Yes, we do. And welcome to the HIV podcast. I like this new way of starting it. To do that every time with a disclaimer, because we don't have any money or the rights, a klaxon, and then you singing. Or you singing, or both of us. Let's harmonise. We can practice this in the office. Oh, I can't wait for tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) No one else in the team can wait either. They are lucky (laughs) sausages. We're straight into News Corner. Firstly... (laughs) I need to give a little update from last week's episode, from our Jamie Brickhouse episode. I'm going to give a little update. And Jamie got in touch with us and he really liked the podcast, which I'm so pleased about. Because as I said to Jamie, you never know, do you, if someone's going to like our sense of humour or how we present. It's not to everyone's taste. I feel like we're probably marmite Yes. And that's fine. Anyway, he loved it, which I'm so happy about. And he actually gave me a little update and let me know 
which family member it was that was blackmailing and he gave me the permission to share it. So that's quite exciting. So the person that was blackmailing him was his brother, Jeffrey. And it was in retaliation. I actually can't quite believe this. It was in retaliation for not letting Jeffrey and his very large dog move in with Jamie, his partner, and their small cat in their New York apartment. So it really was like, let me move in or I'm going to tell people about... Jamie said he's since gone on to share in other articles and things. So it's not like I'm breaking the news. Mm. It's, It's been in lots of other things, but just really interesting to know. And so sad that it was his brother. Yeah, that is sad. Also in News Corner, so we had posted, obviously, about our Mark Fowler episode, which was from way back when. can't even remember when it was, so I won't bother trying to remember. But we posted about that just to highlight the fact that because EastEnders have this new, well, it's not new now, but this HIV storyline, which is fantastic, we actually featured Mark Fowler and we looked into why EastEnders featured an HIV storyline, where that came from, how it was handled and what the reception was like. So we thought, actually, let's share this again so that people can go back and see this first time they did it. Anyway, now, Catherine Oldsbury, I hope I'm pronouncing your surname right, Catherine. She commented, and again, I always ask permission. I don't just go around willy-nilly sharing things that people comment on. Imagine if I did, just like, right, I'm sharing. Direct message me, off we go. (laughs) I'm laughing at willy-nilly. Excellent phrase. (laughs) I love willy-nilly. Do you know what you So do I. Oh, okay, good, good. So Catherine commented underneath the Mark Fowler post that I had put up on Instagram, and she said, I remember it well. I had been diagnosed two to three years earlier and the way the square reacted, in brackets, get out of my pub, boycotting his stall, etc., went part way to my fear of telling anyone. I remained ashamed and fearful, hardly telling anyone for 30 years until last May when I finally announced my status on Facebook. Thankfully, everyone was amazing, but it's still taking time for me to shift the shame with a sad face. She also shared that she's currently working with the fantastic Nathaniel Hall, who we have also featured. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're doing this fabulous project and it's called The Sunday Boys Will Be Here Tomorrow, Songs and Stories Towards an HIV-Free World. It's a theatre show um, that includes well-known songs from stage and screen performed by The Sunday Boys. And the evening explores HIV's influence on society, culture and music from 1981 to the present day and beyond. So I suppose that's the future into the future. Okay. Um, And it says, I just got confused myself there, like beyond, but that's not happened yet. And it says the Sunday Boys are proud to present two new musical commissions. And this is very exciting. It's written by two composers, but in collaboration with George House Trust service users. How fantastic is that? Mm -hmm. Um, As well as four new monologues documenting lived experiences of HIV by Catherine Paul Fairweather, Nathaniel Hall and Emma Zaddo. Um, So that is on Sunday, the 2nd of April at the Keys Theatre. And I will put the link to this event below the podcast so you can find it. How lovely for Catherine to get in touch and share share what that meant to her when and how she Mm. felt when that Mark Fowler story came out. And imagine that, 30 years of not telling anyone. And then last May, she was like, right, I'm just going to do this. That's amazing. And that evening sounds amazing too. It's in Manchester, isn't it? So it's a long old trek for us. But if it's really successful, maybe they'll tour. Oh, let's let's push for touring. Let's push for touring. Yes. (laughs) I don't know why I'm making Catherine in charge of everything. (laughs) Poor Catherine going, no, no, I can't make that happen, guys. What are you doing? That is the end of News Corner today. Excellent. Thank you very much. Are we going back to singing now? Are you going to sing some more? 
Well, because we've had lots of new listeners and lots of great feedback about the Blackmail series, I think now would be a good opportunity to just remind everyone of the inspiration for the series. We've talked about him before. Will Hampson actually said his name without stumbling over it. I don't know why I have trouble saying it normally. And his book here it is, The Lost Boys of Soho. This is the name he goes under on uh, Instagram and other social media. Yeah, TikTok and Twitter. It's an excellent book. It's his personal story of experience in blackmail. Everybody go out and buy it. Yeah, thank you, Will, for being the inspiration for this. It's just so important that for us to feature blackmail. Will's book hasn't been out for long, so we didn't feel it was fair to kind of share his story at the moment because obviously we want people to read his book but I think later down the line I think it's going to be the inspiration for some more episodes as well so thank you Will. Now Sarah enough enough of the niceties back to the singing I'm putting a request in for a little respect from Erasure can you do that one it goes quite high. No I've only got the lyrics for this one. Oh the lyrics on your computer. Well do you know what I was looking through my notes I know it's surprising I have any notes but I really do and for some reason, I have also included all the lyrics to that song. Everyone will have guessed what it is. They'll have been able to tell by my, my amazing singing. But we are talking about um, Erasure. We're talking about Andy Bell, the lead singer. And that song is called Sometimes. I mean, there'd be no confusion, would there? Everyone would have got that straight away. Oh, I realised we, we actually didn't even. Yeah, you're right. We didn't even tell anyone what the episode was about. We just sung it and assumed the world knows Erasure. And so they should. Absolutely should. This is a very iconic band from the 80s, 90s. And there's an amazing, amazing YouTube clip. I might try and find it and put it underneath um, this episode, actually. And it's of, and I wish I was there so much. It's of a tube station and there's a guy and he, it's packed. It's a packed London tube station and he starts singing A Little Respect and the whole platform joins in. It's amazing. Oh, it's honestly, it's so good. Please, everyone, go and watch it. It's so lovely. And I just wish I could have been there when that happened. Oh, right. What we'll do, our drop in tomorrow, we'll start singing this one sometimes and we'll see if any of our service users join. <laughs> Initially, I'm like, Lauren, who will be at our drop in tomorrow, is going to go, Who is this? Who is Erasure? What is this song? It'll just be you and I twirling around trying to get everyone to join in and it will, it will just be pitiful. But I mean, yeah. I'll still enjoy it. Oh, maybe we can emulate the uh, video to this song. Do you know in the video, they are standing on a roof, dancing through lots of washing, like lots of white sheets, which, I mean, it's the 80s, they can do whatever they like. things. But it was just sort of, what a strange video. Who came up with that concept? I thought, do you know what, I'll compliment this song. I'm going to hang all our sheets up on top of this tower block and you two can dance around. It's just weird. One of your sons has a keyboard, don't they? What I wanted to hear from you was you on the keyboard and it going ding, la, ding, la, 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 getting your note right before you started. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, like a little mouth organ. Pitch perfect. See, my youngest, he got a harmonica for Christmas. Can I just say that I openly hate the person that actually gave them that present to him and I've had to hide it because my <laughs> god hearing someone just constantly oh no okay well I'm upset that you didn't and you had that at hand or to hand right well, let's talk about HIV Let, well yes let's get back on topic so we are this week we are looking at Andy Bell um, from the band Erasure and the song we were talking about reached number two in 1986 right in the middle of the 80s I do have the lyrics here do you want to do the backing Hold on, I will sing the line and then you do that. Oh, 
Okay. Not the way you lead me by the hand into the bedroom. How does it go? Oh, ah, is that it? <laughs> I don't think we should do this. I think this is awful. Right, let's just scrap that. Volume doesn't make you sing more in key, does it? I think that's uh, what I need no. to take away from all of that. <laughs> okay, right. Let's get back to the content of the episode. So we are featuring Andy Bell. I've said it about a million times now. But we need to be clear. He was never blackmailed because of his HIV status. And now look at your face. Well, why are we featuring him? And then you big naughty. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> he was harassed by the press in the 80s, even though he was negative at the time. So it's like a reverse blackmail. Hey, and we did talk about how harassment can be part of all of this, you know, in a certain way. So I see why you've gone for it. To be honest, I wouldn't care if it wasn't to do with blackmail, Sarah. I just love Andy Bell and I'm just enjoying singing with you. Oh, thank you. That's nice. Okay, so Andy Bell, he's always been openly gay. What? Why are you waving your hands at me? Because I just have to say, there's another podcast idea. Um, An evening of songs from Erasure with Sarah and Jess. That's a new podcast series, Sarah. We'll include the Communards and Bronsky beat as well. I'm in. And Tiffany. Oh, and Frankie goes to Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Love Holly Johnson. Yeah, so do I. Maybe that's what we'll tour around the country. Yeah, exactly. And and it'll be lovely. We'll call it like the HIV songbirds. Okay. I quite like it. I'll let you go. I'll I'll let you carry on now. (laughs) Okay. So Andy Bell always been openly gay. And because of that, the press would threaten him with printing that he was HIV positive. Why? I know. So there's an article in Pink News, and it's actually an interview with Reverend Richard Cole. So he was in the Communards. And he says, I can remember in 1987, Jimmy Somerville, myself, Andy Bell from Eurasia, we were repeatedly rung up by the sun, the mirror and the news of the world. And he says, I remember Jimmy once got a call telling him they were going to run a story about him being HIV positive unless he could produce a negative test. That was routine. Are you joking? No. Remember last week when I said, oh, you know, this kind of makes me angry, the content for this week. And this is what I'm talking about. Is this just like the British media are this awful? Like, I know we have covered some of American media in terms of how they, some people sort of blackmailed Charlie Sheen and how that went down. But I wonder if, is the media in other countries, was it as terrible back in the day, especially around things like this? Because I just feel like the British media seems ruthless. Yeah. There seemed to be no kind of rule. They were rogue, weren't they? Just doing anything they could to get a story. Now, obviously, Richard Cole's talking about Jimmy Somerville, but the same thing happened to Andy Bell. Andy Bell is positive now, but he wasn't back then. And there's an article where he talks about deciding to reveal his HIV status, but then running through how the press have treated him in the past. And this is how they did it. We'll link all the sources. So Andy Bell says, my boyfriend found out he was HIV positive in 1990. At the same time, some guy had stolen my jacket in a nightclub in London and he was caught using my credit card. It turns out that the guy that stole the jacket had AIDS. So Andy Bell said, just drop drop the whole thing. But this guy was going around saying to people he was my boyfriend and that I'd given him AIDS. He called up a national newspaper here in London. They were going to run a whole story on the guy. Assume the person would they be doing it for money? Do we think? I suppose we don't. Oh, know. I think so. Yeah, you would. I would think that that's that was kind of the motive or the driver for it. It was big back in the day, wasn't it? That whole seller story. So Andy says. However, I just had my appendix out and I'd been tested for HIV and I was negative. My boyfriend 
ended up taking the test certificate down to the press office. So he's having to prove that he doesn't have HIV so that they won't run the story. I just can't believe the press can demand medical information like that from you. It's like making anything up and going, well, unless you prove it's not true. And, you know, I think we've got a story on our hands. Like, no, no, you haven't. You have it the wrong way round. You know, you need that proof first before the story. Not how they did it in the 80s. I'm not even sure that's how they do it now. But imagine, imagine someone saying on the say-so of this random guy who stole your jacket. He says you're positive. So we absolutely believe him. And you're going to have to prove that you're not. Absolutely bonkers. I mean, the only the only thing I will say is you said it was the news of the world, right? Well, the three papers, yeah, News of the World was one of them, Sun, Mirror, yeah, okay. There we go. I'm not surprised. They, they, That does not surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me either. I mean, Andy Bell says it was essentially a witch hunt seeking out people with AIDS. Oh, imagine if you did have AIDS back then and you had a public profile. How scary yeah. must it have been? And we're only talking about, the, this is in the early 90s this happened. So the AIDS epidemic has calmed down a bit. Not much. wasn't so heavily featured in the press. And yet they're still using these tactics. And again, this is why we really hate the media so much. <laughs> we talk about it all the time. <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to cover the HIV podcast. <laughs> I feel like we've made things very difficult for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we really have. I mean, at least we're honest, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, This just keeps perpetuating. The more we cover this, the more we see how especially how the newspapers covered it because that's really the thing that's in your life in your home every day that you're seeing out on the streets and on the news on the tv and to see this is just this perpetual fanning the flames of the stigma isn't it you can see why it's so hard to fight against it now to reverse all of that it's like ingrained in people back then i mean the newspaper was the primary source of all information wasn't it there wasn't in you know, there was well, there wasn't social media like there is kind of now so you're kind of limited to newspapers television and radio but now it's like the other way we're almost too saturated so it's really hard to get direct messages to people because there's so much and there's so much false information and i just feel upset sarah can we end the episode i'm going to go and lie down now (laughs) no we're going to carry on you've just got to plow on through this come on now so he goes on to say in that article that obviously the press in the 90s played on his mind If they were threatening to out him as positive when he was negative, how would they react to the news that now he actually is positive? But as he says, he's always liked to be open. Didn't see a reason to stop being that way because of the press. He's a good egg. Good for him. Yeah. On the 17th of December, 2004, Andy publicly announced that he had been HIV positive since 1998. And he announced it on his website. Press did pick up on it, but nowhere near the manic coverage that I think would probably have occurred years earlier. So he's kind of managing this in quite a a controlled way and letting people know by his chosen medium rather than kind of relying on on the press. So good for him to do that. I like the fact that he's so open. I like people like that. Yeah, and it's not it's not about trying to keep his status a secret. Not that there'd be anything wrong with that at all. We've talked about that. It's everyone's personal decision. But it's nice that he was open and, and chooses to speak out. Absolutely. So commend him for that. He's lovely, isn't he? I do love him. Now, there's something else we're going to look at with him that isn't linked to blackmail. We always say when we do episodes 
about anybody, actually, that we try and include all of the facts. And I think this one is a quite important fact, but I think it's it might be controversial to some people, too. But he's spoken openly about this, so we're going to cover it here. So there's an article in HIV Plus magazine where he talks about everything to do with HIV. And he's asked this question. So he's asked, were you deliberately trying to get infected with HIV? Did you think you would find some sort of better support system or feel a part of a specific community if you did? Quite an intrusive question. Yeah, some people would react really badly to being asked that. Yes, I think most people would actually. But he answers it and he says, yes, he was looking for an HIV positive peer support system. He's saying, I don't belong to any groups or anything like that. I talk amongst my friends with how they're dealing with it. I have regular checkups. I have a good talk with my doctor. And then there's an editor's note that says Bell told the London-based Times Online in January that his desire for HIV infection was probably from self-loathing and he attributed the same feelings to having contributed to his decade-long cocaine addiction. So he was actively seeking to become positive. Now, the reason I wanted to draw this to kind of our attention, because it's got nothing to do with blackmail, because A, you know, it's very brave of someone to openly admit that, and B... Because I've supported people, I'm sure you have too, who've done exactly that, who have actively sought to contract HIV. And I think the reasons for it are often complex. Low self-esteem is definitely one of them. Um, Another one is that some people feel it's inevitable because they're having lots of unprotected sex. I've definitely heard that from, from people I've supported, that they would rather be positive because then it removed the anxiety of as they saw it, just waiting until they were diagnosed. So if they sort of took it into their own hands, they felt that removed that level of anxiety for them. Yes, yes, I've heard that too. And I do think for some people, it's very strange, isn't it, that for some people actually contracting HIV and then being linked into a support group feels almost a void in their their own life. They've got the support that they didn't have before got a very safe environment in which to kind of be themselves you suddenly belong right if you don't really have anyone or anything and like you're saying it's it's so much more complex than we're just saying it's not just these really basic reasons but I do think there's a sense for some people of like you're saying wanting to belong you now belong to this whole community of people who as we know are for mostly very wonderful, you know. I know we've covered some of the awful ones in our crime series. Um, <laughs> as you say, I think it's important to talk about it because where where do we ever see this talked about, really? Well, this is it. I've never heard of someone openly admitting it. So, I mean, it's good in terms of uh, supporting people. For us supporting people, it's another resource to kind of utilise, really, isn't it? to show that those who have contracted in that way are not alone, because I think some of the feelings after you've contracted uh, are very complex as well. I've certainly supported people who've had regret or guilt, so this will help them. But equally, I know there's going to be some people thinking, why are you even giving someone like that airtime? But we can't shy away from the fact that this happens. And Andy Bell has talked about it openly, so let's acknowledge it here. We're always open to kind of feedback, positive or negative. And I think it's just important to have these conversations, isn't it? We can't shy away from something. We can't not talk about it just because people may disagree with it or it's a controversial topic. That's sort of part of why we started the podcast, because sometimes we felt that not all the topics were being covered, like crime. 
you know, why aren't we talking about reckless transmission and exactly what that means? And I think this is really important. And I don't know, perhaps we'll go on to talk about it a bit more in the future, I would hope, because this is sort of opening that conversation of quite a taboo in the HIV world. Yes. Shall I add that to the Evergreen list? Of- the scroll, Sarah. The scroll that rolls down the road. Add it onto there, please. I'll just fire up my quill. I don't really know how they work. <laughs> With ink. With ink, Sarah. <laughs> Look, I've already told you, I've had a very traumatic morning. <laughs> so just before we were set to record, uh, my cat got a post-it note stuck to her fur and went bananas. And I spent a considerable amount of time chasing her around the house to get it off. As I said to you, it's her own fault. She never used to be fussed if I was on like team meetings or on Zoom. But now, as I said, she's there like, should I, should I get on board with this? Can I be a part of this? And, you know, she just randomly got a post-it note. She's sitting next to me now, just giving me evils. Like it's not really funny though, is it? It's been very traumatic. Your desk is now a danger zone for Gracie. Honestly. It's like I just I don't have time. They have time to chase you around, honestly. Anyway, so look, that's everything we need to know about Andy Bell being persecuted by the press before he even contracted HIV. And whilst I, I know some people won't agree with how he contracted, he's honest about it and that honesty will help others and at the end of the day it's really not anyone else's business that's true sorry i was just going to go back up to the lyrics because i'm going to sing you guys out today oh okay well but which one are you going to do there are so many good i've only got one i don't have words for anything else and his voice is really high i cannot do it justice well done you i would say that eh? thank you That was a really important episode to talk about. Blackmail isn't necessarily, or or sort of the umbrella of blackmail, isn't as black and white as, you know, just, right, I'm going to tell this person unless you do this. There are levels, there are different facets to it. And I do think that would sort of come under this. So that is a very good shout. Well done. Well done, you. And well done for all the singing. You're very welcome. I thought you were going to say my pleasure, of course. But someone will pick up on this, so I might not be here for next week's podcast recording i'll probably be in a studio somewhere what locked in so that you physically can't sing anymore i'll be recording the eurovision entry <laughs> Imagine. okay i like it is eurovision soon it's in may isn't it i've not got long yeah you really haven't okay well i mean i'll vote for you if there's a vote it's gonna be great anyway Yes. So next week is the last episode in the little blackmail series that we're doing. Um, And it's slightly different because we will be looking at when HIV is used for extortion. I'm not going to lie to you, based on the fact that it's taken us about 10 minutes to just get that sentence out, because I probably edited this very heavily because we just couldn't get to what the episode is going to be about. Can't wait for the car crash that it's going to (laughs) be. Yeah, yeah, I don't hold out much hope about next week. I mean, everyone listen, please, but, you know, maybe lower your expectations. I I don't think anyone's ever had them particularly high, Sarah. So I think we don't even need to say that, you know. Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and videos. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.